Good morning. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Our Old Testament lesson uh, this morning comes from the Psalms, the 37th Psalm, verses 1 through 11 and verses 39 through 40. Listen now for the word of God to the church. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord He is their refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Rashness belongs to youth, it is said, prudence to old age. These are the words of the Roman orator Cicero, and they can be hard to deny. The young, in our experience and in our observation, tend to be moved by emotion and passion. They are likely to leap first and ask questions later, and it's not always a bad thing. In fact, it can help us to explore the world and and learn about the fullness of life But sometimes impulsiveness can lead us to make some pretty questionable decisions. So for good reasons, those who are older in years tend to look before they leap. They've seen more and experienced more and learned some things the hard way, and it tends to make them a bit more deliberative and prudent in their actions. And the voice of this psalm clearly comes from a place of prudence. 
It is written by an older person, someone who has done some living, someone who has some scars, someone who has some wisdom to share. We didn't read all the way to verse 25 of this psalm, but it states clearly, I have been young and now I am old. In other words, the psalmist is saying, I know what it's like to be young. I know what it's like to be driven by powerful emotions, but I also know that impulsiveness and anger has gotten me into trouble before. So this older, wiser psalmist sits down to write an acrostic poem. What that means is that each line of the Hebrew text begins with a Hebrew letter, and it goes down through that alphabet in methodological order. It's a classic example of this kind of wisdom literature. Scripture that is designed to teach younger generations about good living and faith and the things that an older generation would want to make sure that the younger ones knew. The target for this poem, the audience for this Hebrew acrostic poem, seems to be a passionate young person, perhaps even a rash or impulsive young person who is in a crisis of sorts. You might have heard the word fret appears several times in the beginning of this psalm. This young person was fretting about something. When I was in high school, my mom and I ran into my old kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Saslow. Mrs. Saslow, I don't even know what her first name was. I mean, she was that. She was, a, she was an icon in the Holy Trinity preschool. She was a saintly woman. My mom's going to be really mad at me if she's watching online probably. And the fact that I can't remember Mrs. Saslow's first name will not go unnoticed or untendered. But anyway, um, Mrs. Saslow, we were having a wonderful conversation and she turned to me in this conversation and she said kind of thoughtfully, she said, you know, it always used to bother you when someone didn't follow the rules. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where you just kind of paused and someone else helped you to learn something about yourself. I'd never really thought about it that way, but she was absolutely right. Even as a six-year-old, when someone didn't follow the rules, I would tend to fret about it. Turns out I'm not alone. I recently heard a woman talking about being in a cafe when a guy came in with a sandwich from another restaurant and sat down and started to eat it. It was all I could do, she said, not to rip the thing out of his hands and throw it into the garbage. And then she started in on people who try to order off the menu or who argue with wait staff about substituting sides. This is a restaurant, she said. It is not the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> I had to admit that her snarkiness made me feel a little bit better about my own fretting over the following of rules. But getting back to the psalm, this young person was fretting about these same kinds of things, but on a much bigger scale. People were not following the rules. And the rules were clear. The first five books of the Hebrew Bible, especially Deuteronomy, were full of rules. And they also said that if you were faithful and followed those rules, you would be rewarded. But if you didn't follow those rules, if you lied and cheated and swindled and stole, then you would be punished. 
But that is not what this young person was seeing and experiencing in the world. This young, fretting student saw people doing wicked things, but those people were not getting punished. Quite the opposite. Those people were thriving. They were getting fat and rich. And at the very same time, honest, hardworking people did not seem to be getting similar rewards. In fact, they were the ones who seemed to be getting punished. They were suffering in poverty that was unjust and undeserved. And all of this was throwing this young student into a tailspin. Now, when we think of fretting, we might imagine some gentle hand-wringing or some anxiety, kind of like a six-year-old getting annoyed that a classmate jumped the line on the way to the playground. But the Hebrew word translated here as fret was actually much stronger. A better translation would probably be burned with anger. This young person was looking at the injustice of the world and getting pretty doggone ticked off about it. And that in itself would be bad enough. But what made it worse was that that anger was starting to eat away at that young person's faith. It was causing that young student to question whether God was as good as everyone had said. Whether God was really in control like everyone said. And the prospect of a younger generation losing the faith was enough to get this older, wiser, more prudent poet into the game. Psalm 37 is an ABC primer on how we, as people of faith, respond to the justice, to the injustice of the world. And the core of this primer is a response to one of the most frequently asked questions in all of the Psalter. Again and again, when faced with suffering or injustice, God's people would ask, how long? How long will you hide your face from us, Lord? How long must we bear pain in our souls? How long shall our enemies be exalted over us? How long will you be angry with us, Lord? How long must your servants endure? And this young student wants to know, how long, O Lord, will evil prosper? How long, O Lord, will greed prevail and honesty seem to be punished? And the answer that is given is the same one that Jesus gave to the disciples when they wondered how long they would have to wait before he came back to them. And that answer is, a little while. A little while, a long, long enough that you'll have to wait, not so long that hope will die. Yet a little while, the psalmist says, and the wicked will be no more. Just a little while, and the meek will inherit the land. Just a little while, and you, the meek and the downtrodden, will delight in abundant prosperity. Just a little while, and the last will be first. And lest we think that this is some pie-in-the-sky denial of reality, the psalmist is not, in this case, simply singing an old version of that song from the 80s, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Do you all remember that? It was catchy. It made number one. But I will say, it never really seemed to me to have a real solid ethical foundation under it, right? Bobby McFerrin was talking about being evicted, being homeless, being penniless, 
being lonely in love, and his advice is just to put a smile on and be happy. And I will say it never sat well with me as a six-year-old fretter, right? (laughs) I was not sure that I was really going to be happy about any of those things. And fortunately, the writer of Psalm 37 goes a different way. He does not suggest that we just tolerate injustice. He does not suggest that we just pretend that unfairness does not exist. Instead, he gives a strategy for dealing with it, a strategy that focuses on actions that we can take individually and collectively as we wait for God's justice to be seen. Do not fret because of the wicked, the psalmist says. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass, wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord, and the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in the Lord, and the Lord will act. The Lord will make your vindication shine like the light. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. So the strategy is not to ignore the injustices of the world, and certainly we're not called to bury our heads in the sand and just wait it out. God is working... And all will be well in a little while. But in the meantime, we are called to trust in the Lord, to be still in the Lord, to wait patiently for the Lord, but also to commit our ways to the Lord and to take delight in the Lord. And in the Psalms, taking delight in the Lord is always associated with taking delight in God's story, in God's law, And in God's word. Yes, we wait patiently, but in the meantime, we immerse ourselves in the teachings of Scripture. We trust in God's teaching through those words, and we commit ourselves to being part of God's reconciling vision for the world. Back in the 1970s in the North Philadelphia neighborhood of West Kensington, Kensington, a group of Latina women were saddened and angered by what the drug culture was doing to their children and doing to their community. And with the help of local organizations, they decided that they would take back, they would take possession of some of the many empty lots in their neighborhood that were being used as open-air drug markets. Through hard work and determination, they transformed those lots into urban gardens, green spaces, places where where. Art, and including performance art, was created. And still today, more than 40 years later, the Norris Square Neighborhood Project continues to brighten that community with flowers and art and cooperative programs that bring adults and children together in positive ways and in common cause for their community. And those people who are still laboring and doing art in those open spaces. They cannot deny that difficulties and injustices still exist in the neighborhood around them. 
Drug deals are still happening, sometimes right across the street. Violence and crime is still a very real threat in those places on a daily basis. And amid the rows and vegetables of, uh, and the, the flowers that are there, the gardeners and the people who are doing art can still hear the sirens, sometimes the cursing, sometimes the cries of the people who are in distress in that neighborhood, but they do not despair, nor do they fret. As their hands work the soil with each weed they pull, each seed they plant, each work of art that is created, each child that is affirmed, those people remain convinced that the brokenness around them will, as the psalmist says, soon fade like so much grass. In just a little while, all will be well, but in the meantime, they will continue to commit themselves to prudent and faithful service. They continue to trust in the Lord and do good. They continue to wait patiently for the Lord. They continue to delight in the things that they see in God's word and the calling that they receive to be better. And they remember that the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord, that he is their refuge in the time of trouble, that the Lord saves them and will save them simply because they take refuge in him. Thanks be to God.